Well, hello. And welcome. Not very good. It's another bad one again. Look, I don't want to you know, I don't want to like to my own horn too much, but I do feel like I uh, I do give the best no, whale the lawyers of the group. No, I'm not saying don't. I'm I'm the best host. I think I think there are definitely better. You did invent the well the hello. Well, I don't know if you invented well, it, but <laughs> I think I'm podcast. just specifically bad at it, and it 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 brings up you know my my biggest fear in life, which is being bad at something that Corey is good at. Right. Um, Luckily, there I, aren't too many of those. Yeah, and I still have nightmares to losing our cinematic survivor in heartbreaking fashion. That's fine. Because we never have to talk about Holy Motors ever again. <laughs> and today we are talking about the new movie that is sweeping the nation, which is The Mitchells versus The Machines. And this is a 2021 Sony produced, directed by Michael Rianda? Rianda? Yeah, Rianda. Rianda? I don't know. Rianda? I don't know. Um, and. Boys, I will start it off by saying, is this the best movie of 2021 to start off the year? Starting yes. with the lovely Dane Holtz. Dane, Absolutely. you're saying yes already. Uh, already. Emphatic. I mean, you have like a completely original movie and it's made by, uh, is it Christopher Miller and Phil Lord? The yeah. people who did Into the Spider-Verse, the Lego movie. And this movie is just like... And the, uh, the, the 21 Jump Street's. Films. yeah yeah oh i love those movies so much and um, yeah, yeah music, much classic. much like so spider verse funny. uh mitchell's versus the machines is another kids movie on acid that is so fucking funny the entire time also and also just like so pretty to look at i agree i thought i i had said multiple times on this podcast how i have not really enjoyed a single movie in 2021 uh, now I can at least say I, I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, uh, you know, I, I think a few, but especially one, Mitchell's Earth Machines is would definitely be my favorite movie of the year. I agree that the animation was amazing and had this cool, like, hand-drawn sort of quality, yet it was obviously still yeah. a 3D uh, animated film the way, you know, just about every animated film is nowadays. Um, but there's a lot that we can get into with this. It's, it's funny that this is only our second episode ever to feature just one movie. And last time we were, you know, doing something to kind of you know, we picked this like complex movie with train spotting. Or, you know, we brought on John Nally, the smartest guy we know, to, <laughs> to fill the space. And here we are picking like an animated kids movie. And yet, I, I do think there's a, there's a lot we can say here. And well, none I... of it will be about capitalism. Thank no. God. <laughs> well, I mean, well, we could tie it a little actually. bit. No, no, I I know for a fact Corey's <laughs> going to bring it up. That's why yeah. I said that. Yeah. Okay, okay, on to Samir. Finally, do you think this was the best movie of 2021 so far, Samir? I hated this movie. No, I'm no. Okay. Corey and I were wa- Corey and I were watching. And we were like, okay, Dane's obviously gonna love this movie, and we're like, it's up to is Samir gonna be the fucking annoying one of the group? Yeah, and, and it's sit. also it's funny that going like for the people at home, like I hope everyone knows that we are always genuinely finding out Samir's reaction to the movies in this very moment. Like I think we always have a sense how the other three feel because we'll talk to each other about it, but. Samir likes to wield a lot of power and never revealing what he thinks of the movie. <laughs> and, and it's always the opposite of what the group thinks, <laughs> yeah. too. And, and I wanted to come into it for that reason. I wanted and to I come knew into that this too. episode <laughs> so badly being like, I hate this movie. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. But, I mean, objectively, it is the best of 2021. And it definitely won me over after, like, the first four minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's... That's it. interesting that you bring up the first four minutes because I will quickly add, I think this is also the best movie that has come out this year. I think, um, like we said, this is a, a deeply complex movie that um, there's a lot more that meets the eye with this one. But I think the first five minutes of this movie are actually objectively bad. I was a little, um, it felt a little derivative to me. And I was kind of like, oh, am I not going to like this movie as much as everyone else? But I think after the, like, you know, the, like, pause, like, this is my crazy life type. Yeah, it's, ex- it's just kind of ex- like yeah. doing the exposition, you know? Yeah, that exposition. Like, which kids movies tend to, you know, they're, they're obviously going to be overwritten just because they're, you know, they're going to be a little more, uh, you know, spelled out. So I agree yeah. that the first five minutes 
are doing a little too much of that. But then we get right into the story, and it's actually and, really, yeah. really smartly written. I think that's the way. I think so. I want to bring up uh, Michael Rianda, uh, who is the director creator of this. I want to bring up how he describes this movie. So he uh, will link this interview on the podcast, but he did he did a fantastic interview with Comic Books Resources or CBR.com. Yep. Um, and he describes this movie as a suburban dirtbag Miyazaki film. That's his words for how he <laughs> would describe this film. That's kind of do like you guys, perfect. Do you guys think that is a fair description of the of the movie that he was able to make? You know, like I a trailer, like trailer Miyazaki. Tab. Miyazaki. It's actually a, a good su- name to bring in. Weirdly, I think at least because I kind of do. There was something. There was a certain quality to the Mitchell vs. the Machines that I was trying to put my finger on, and the Miyazaki thing kind of helps me understand it a little bit, which is just that it had this great sense of adventure. My yeah. my initial comparison was gonna be Pixar because I mean Pixar movies do are more often not have a a really strong sense of adventure, but there was there was a I did feel watching the Mitchell Mitchells vs. the Machines that there was something about it that was a little more, um, just like kind of like looser Exciting. and like more willing um, to to be itself. I, 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 uh, I think he might be giving himself just a bit too much credit there. Like, it's, it's good. Well, he it's calls, good there. He, oh, he calls, it a super, he calls it a suburban dirt. Right. Yeah. I think, so, I think so that, he, yeah, I he brings not, it out, Yeah. But, and I, I'm yeah. not here to say that, that this film is one of the greats, but I, I'm just talking in terms of style and um, even like thematically to a certain extent. I do actually see how, why he would feel like he's in that neighborhood. Well, it's interesting. He talked about in this interview the two what his two favorite cartoons were growing up and they were the simpsons and they were the miyazaki films mm. and he talks about them being mm. really the two biggest influences on his style and it brought up to me what like that i was trying to think of what this because there's a, a certain sense of like comedic style within this movie that felt very familiar and i was trying to pin it down uh, Michael Rianda was the creative director of Gravity Falls, the okay. Disney uh, show. That makes that still big. A lot of and <laughs> I don't know about you guys. The character like, design actually is pretty similar. Yeah, to now that I think it's about pretty. It. Yeah, so I don't know about you guys, but like I was obsessed with Gravity Falls. Like I, it was one of those like shows that I was a little too old to be like truly enjoying. But like my sister and I would read all the like theories, the copy pastas. <laughs> it, it's very. Like the character design, like Corey said, is very similar. I think Katie, the main character in this, is very similar to Mabel in mm-hmm. uh, Gravity Falls, which is the female protagonist in uh, that that uh, in Gravity Falls. So, what did you guys make of this like kind of quirky comedic style within this movie? I loved it. So, I mean, yeah. the the movie it felt like a breathing meme. Like it nailed yeah. those internet jokes. Like the like uh be for example with like the pug like they'd say something about the pug and then it would cut in it on the on the dog's face and just be like what doing something weird or it would show something on the computer screen and there's like oh the one was the comparison between the dad and the howler monkey yeah and it like yeah. going back over his face i was like that that's yeah that was, re- that was does, really cool yeah i, I was like surprised really invented with that editing yeah. which which um you know that kind of re- reminds me of one of the questions that I sort of had about about this movie too, though is like, uh, and I and I do want to talk about the comedy because I because I have, I have a thought on that as well. But what's it's in that we're talking about Mike Rianda because you know this is a directorial debut. It does you know you know seem to like announce him as a promising talent, but I can never tell with these Lord and Miller films like how involved these guys are. You know, like the reason this movie is at least a lot of the buzz early on for this movie was oh the new Lord and Miller movie like I like. Like Rihanna's name has been nowhere on the promotions for it because they are kind of a household sort of animation duo at this point. Like I, like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I haven't really been able to find anything on how they involved or not involved they were. Uh, but it does seem like at this point they're as producers sort of developing a unique style, which is kind of a rare sort of thing, or at least a unique yeah. thing. Yeah, um, it's I, it could be that they they try to find creators that have this certain similar style. Like I wouldn't say. It like it it is I think pretty revolutionary in art design, similar to 
um, into the Spider Verse, but it's a, an entirely different art yeah. style. If that makes well, sense, well, it like, is. But I do one, think it has it, its textures and its. its yeah, um, it, it felt pretty similar to me the whole time. Well, and I'll get into like a like another point where I felt a kind of Spider Verse similarity. But in terms of like the like even like the the style of it, like the visual style of it, and that's not a bad thing. Like I love Spider Verse's visual style. So, um, but in that sense, it felt similar. But I think the like. Uh, like graphics and stuff like that that popped up on screen is very similar to the Spider Verse with all like the comic panel stuff. Well, and that but... real quick, because I I agree, Dan, and I think that's what's so great because we always say right, like when we're talking about animated movies that they have to justify why they're animated, and that's what's great about Mitchell's of Machines, and I think kind of Lord and Miller's whole deal in general is like yeah. the animation is very much baked into the, the movie's existence. Spider Verse yeah. is mimicking comics. This is kind of trying to like mimic that like whole digital culture and memes yeah. and all those sorts of things the animation is so crucial well and it was super cool too because i think it it goes into like how uh what's the main character's name katie, katie. how katie like made films i mean the, the beginning of the movie it shows her like using like stop motion and stuff like that and then there are moments in the movie where it's basically film it's like her filming a documentary more yeah or less. i, I and... actually had a theory i said to sam during while watching this movie because sam and i watched this movie physically together everyone should know that we were cuddling um, we were cuddling really together. hard but I, th- I said movie. to him like a, like two-thirds of the movie and it ended up not being true but i still kind of feel like you could believe it it's almost as if the movie that we're watching is katie's movie yeah that's that, what that's, i thought that's what i that thought was my takeaway yeah, <laughs> yeah they don't really explicitly like say that but it, it kind of feels like that's what they want you to believe yeah which which was it was cool. super dope yeah cool. yeah like, I'm, i was trying to think about other movies that because i feel like i've seen movies that do that there should be a word for that like a movie that announces itself as a movie within the world Meta. Of movie. yeah it's called a the truman show i think is what <laughs> the term is <laughs> i mean it's kind of like a meta film the meta film could be any film about film it's something more specific than that yeah yeah uh, I, I was gonna say too i think like i saw a lot of meshing of it was almost like a combination between the Lego movie and Spider-Verse because yeah. there are there are moments where there's like this insane uh, spectacle visual effect of animation. And then the next shot, it's a it's a joke, but the fig they look just look like Lego figures. Um, I know that the scene that I remember is like whenever the two robots are standing next to the the like Siri phone and she's like, put me down. And then she goes down and she just starts flopping around and screaming. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Well, yeah, yeah that's, like, well, and that was my I, thought I also... about the comedy, too, is I what I think, I, you know, there's, there's like two ways to write comedy, right? Like, you can always write jokes, but this movie goes in a step beyond and that the comedy is baked into the narrative itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, and it's willing to be funny and be weird in that way. Like, the fact that the basically the resolution of this movie, as Dame sort of alluded to, is a is a running joke about the pug looking like a pig i mean i mean like that's that's so stupid. so like, it, so, it, funny, it's, it's so, so funny so funny yeah and it, and to to not just make that a joke but to lean Loba into bread. it to the point where it ends up being the basically the resolution of the whole film uh is really cool i think and, and it speaks to like a sensibility that yeah you won't always find because we kind of like to just joke but get back to the serious stuff like they're it's like the mcu sort of sarcastic mm-hmm. thing where it doesn't feel like it's baked into the action itself. Yeah. And See, it was... like, where... Oh, go ahead, sir. I was going to say, like, while we're, like, talking about animation styles, I was thinking, like, um, because Sam mentioned Miyazaki earlier, I was not getting, like, full anime vibes at certain points, but, like, whenever they would cut to, like, the 2D, like, reaction stuff, like, whenever Katie would, like, yell or something, and they would zoom out and it would be, like, that, like, uh, like like a larger 2D cartoon version of her screaming outside of the house or something. You know what I'm talking about? You well, remember yeah. That? Yeah. So, so like, I, like I know, it. I know, like a- anime does that a lot. Like whenever there's like a reaction, it'll cut to someone's face, and then it'll like show like an altered two D version of that, um, and then cut out. So I could maybe like I'm starting to see that a bit more, like those influences. But overall, I really like that, like playing around with like that really cartoonish two D before, and then moving back into the three D. I thought I d- I don't think I've seen a movie do that, like a animation. Movie. Yeah, well, yeah, on... for like the moments that are so like goofy and like cut like this is maybe the most adhd movie i've ever seen (laughs) definitely it is all it is all over the fucking place but somehow it still works like there are still like some some sequences that are absolutely stunning 
Like, I'm thinking of, like, the comets falling, like, the robots falling down when they're at the mm-hmm. gas station. Or, like, the first reveal of, like, the, like, see- the like hyper-tech, like, layer. Mm-hmm. Oh, everything like, shot in the PAL labs is is gorgeous. so beautiful. And that's oh, where so I, I definitely cool. saw the, the Sp- Spider-Verse relationship a lot. Cause I think the colors were a little similar in how they popped. But, God, those shots were, uh, like, you could just separate those images from well, the film and they just looked fucking dope. Two. Yeah. Especially with my gigantic TV that Corey and yes. I both were able Guys, to Guys, when you watch together. when you watch something on Sam's TV, I kid you not, in the middle of it, he'll just go, My TV's so fucking nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that wasn't true, but that is one hundred percent true. true. We were walking down the street and Sam said it out loud, he goes, My TV's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is the movie to watch on the right tv like, yeah i watched it on a mac it is like, nice i would have like loved to deserve that that level of obnoxious pride i know uh, it's so nice but <laughs> what i was saying is like the, i would have loved this movie like the equal amount if i had gone and like a, a birthday party to the theaters to watch this as i did watching it with just cory in my living yeah. room like I think this movie has such, like, an insane broad appeal. Like, it really is, like, one of those movies where it's, like, if you don't like this, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> you have the, to be a soulless how, monster, honestly. Like, yeah. you'd have to be a soulless monster. Like, this is so approachable and good in every way. Um, and I think it really comes down to, like, this is an airtight screenplay. Oh. I think, like... This is a really, really well-developed, especially the relationship between Katie and her father is really, like, has a level of nuance that is, like, very, hasn't really been approached within, like, children animated films all that often, especially, like, a Sony-produced big-budget one. But, like, I would, I would love to hear what you guys thought of, I guess it's kind of a See, leading question because I obviously it's... liked it, but... What it's you guys like, thought of Katie and Rick, which is played by Danny McBride, so obviously Samir likes it already. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and not to mention Eric Andre is also in this, yeah. yep. I'm, which I love. And um, Olivia Coleman. But- Olivia Coleman, like, I had this thought where I was like, wow, she's so famous now that she's just, like, voicing the act, like, the villain in this yeah. movie. Like, she's really um, and And while, while we're talking about actors, what I think is hilarious is that john legend and chrissy teigen literally played themselves in the why movie. Why no? Yeah. they played the perfect people i talk about that like, in my, like rich obnoxious i wrote about this movie a little bit for my my newsletter you can subscribe if, you know for those listeners at home Go oh, to thanks, our, our Twitter for that i'm, sure, I think I'm glad we i'm glad we got only 20 minutes in before you plugged yourself oh you know so i had to at some point good. but i talk yeah. yeah i talk about the chrissy teigen and john legend thing because i actually think that's kind of interesting uh, okay, like not so, not the capitalism. So like, back to the Rick and <laughs> the yeah, Rick well, and Katie relationship. Well, I was just gonna we'll say it, it's interesting that you use the word airtight. Um, this is not like a. At points, I think it's almost too airtight for its own good. Like I think all the necessary points are there. It just moves so fast, like yeah, within a span so of five fast. minutes. I mean, that, that, it goes from I mean, a road trip movie to a robot like, apocalypse. I think, I the do break think it slows cases. down at the necessary moments, though. Yeah, yeah. Think, and there are some pretty solid emotional beats, still, you know. Oh, I yeah. cried, and yeah, so did TJ. Wow. I, I never TJ thought cried. TJ would. TJ cried. I've never seen TJ well, cry. Well, well oh honestly, I, I really think there's something to that because I, I felt watching this movie like I and I and I really mean this. Like I think it actually is a pretty special movie and how it can resonate with a lot of families right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've been trying to encourage my parents to watch it all week. They still haven't, but uh, hopefully they will by the time this episode I you could that. like talk really loudly in your room about like how like scream it's so it out good. oh it's so fucking yeah well God. usually they just stand right outside the door and listen because this podcast is the best entertainment yeah in the yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but um <laughs> no like, I, I really think this can welcome, a lot of families whether it's it's you know older kids younger kids like any kind of family because it, there is something sort of universal about what it means to be a family in this like digital age you know where like like half of our lives exist like like not even physically but virtually and it's like how you know trying to show support in that sense mm-hmm. and what that really looks like uh i don't know i feel well, like we as a, a, a maybe i'm getting to you know making too much of this but i do feel like we as a culture never really reckoned with how much our lives literally changed by virtue of like tech like the technological takeover 
and this movie kind of asks that question like it's actually it's pretty profound for for a kids well and that that leads great into this quote from the c uh, the cbr uh interview where they said they asked what what is it like finishing a semi-prescient apocalypse movie over the past year during the pandemic (laughs) and he said uh the pandemic has shown sort of like the uh like for all of its flaws that we show in the movie. Oh, wait, I fucked this up. <laughs> <The pandemic> is- <laughs> I'm so dumb. I was like, I the feel pandemic- like this could be a good quote, but it's not. I was really- like, <laughs> it's actually, it's actually gibberish. He doesn't know. Change it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's the pandemic has shown sort of like the uh, movie, the answer for what you do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wait, wait. Wait, wait, one more time, one more time. Sam, okay. Sam, your okay. Sam, your reading's okay. getting really good, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we you, go. Wait, Sam, you you know, promise that you will not edit this out. This has to go. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, he says, you know, technology for all of its flaws that we show in the movie is also the thing that's keeping us sane right now. I think you know, in between being able to zoom with your parents and you know what we're doing now. We certainly wouldn't be able to talk if we didn't have a laptop in front of us. So I've been really appreciating technology and I've been trying my best to hang on to those people that are close to me. So I think this and- like shows a general appreciation for technology, maybe not the ethics behind <laughs> giant tech well, companies, which is... They do have that one that's- line where they directly reference it. They're like, oh, you mean like stealing all their data? Yeah. Or like oh, yeah, monopolizing oh, the tech industry? I, I know the line, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's something that I found that I actually loved about the movie. And I think is, a, is something that like took the screenplay and just the plot overall to the next step. Was that it wasn't just simply all technology is terrible. It was more directly aimed at social media big tech giants and i i love the moment when um the dad has that realization of oh i guess not all technology is bad because his daughter was able to upload her films to youtube yeah it was like and she was able to share this with the whole world and those little that like those little moments where it does show the nuance and the whole technology debate was just so awesome and i i really appreciated those those lines yeah, that's right. it's, it's like a surprisingly progressive take on the whole thing because yeah it's putting the onus on like the structures and like the corporations namely that are you know responsible for this kind of technological culture that we have but it's not it's not blaming the technology itself it's not villainizing that which i think is a pretty fair and, and nuanced take i mean obviously there's always gonna be something to be said for living your life physically and not on a screen but the movie acknowledges like this is how the world is changing but also this is what we have to be concerned about and all and all in the kids i mean like i keep, I keep coming back to it like i think that's really in a pg in a pg kids movie yeah well, in, a, some, in an hour and 20 minutes like, something um very very impressive but we're, we like we're sucking this film's dick so hard yeah <laughs> well i'm gonna it, keep it sucking it. it so yeah. sam that you mentioned how this movie has so much appeal to everyone and when i wrote my letterbox review well, I was watching the movie, and this has nothing to do with, like, pop culture, but in, like, the first 15 minutes, the mom says the word schmutz, and for some reason, that just killed me. But anyway, what I was getting to was, this movie references Mad Max, Grimes, and Journey, and... Yeah. The Grimes what, needle drop is dope. I yeah, yeah, oh, it's so good. Are they... I was like, they're doing a Grimes needle drop right now. (laughs) And that, and then on top of like the visuals, the visuals of the, it's called the rhombus of infinite subjugation. Yeah. Yeah. um, (laughs) Looked that, that building with some of those shots looked so cool. It was like the cover of like no man's sky or no man's sky, whatever that game is called. And it, yeah. I, I also said in my review, I was like, this is like if Stanley Kubrick face fucked like a <laughs> box of crayons or <laughs> what it, it all or, or Tron. It was like if Stanley Kubrick yeah, made Tron. Tron. Yeah, like, really. I got huge like 1980s Tron vibes from the movie and everything just looked so good. And then he goes, oh, it looks like a Journey album cover. And I almost <laughs> I almost like fell off the couch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, cause the, yeah. The journey line was. I I agree that the, I was almost looking for what the comparison was the whole movie, and so for them to just straight up say it like that was so yeah. fucking funny. Yeah, there's so much appeal to like so many different groups of people that it it's like we said impossible not to like this movie. 
but can I Did, I introduce this is I, I have, this is oh my god it, it's kind of a thought I wanted to workshop with you guys because this is okay. what I uh, am writing about for my next newsletter on on Corey's reads and so our listeners the, are gonna be in on the workshop process yeah they'll like, be, so, on, so, be on the be in on the process and it's uh, crazy that you've made seven sequels out of the American Truck Simulator already <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, pretty impressive that you've only turned your Substack into that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think that's uh, one of the best things I've, I've ever written and it's about the dumbest thing I've ever written about so I will accept no uh, American Truck Simulator slander um, I actually I can't, I'm glad that we have to end early tonight because I'll be playing right, right after we're done you're so <laughs> <laughs> um, no but basically what I was thinking about with this movie right is like yeah it does have this very aggressive sort of take on uh, you know the corporate uh you know oligopoly that we have in in the tech industry like it actually points out a lot of those issues uh and it does it for laughs but also with like a sort of actual urgency all that's great but it's almost like it, it can't be successful and it can't point that out without participating in that culture like that's just the truth you know like and and i know we've had this debate before like you can't i'm not going to hold it against the movie that it was made by sony or comes out on Netflix, but there's always we. It should always be a little concerning when something uh, like adopts the ideology, the language that we want, but without breaking away from that structure at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll entertain that point once they make a Mitchell's versus the Machines two. Yeah, and, and I can get swallowed up by it a little bit. And I can I get that. furious at that. The, um, the Mitchells but, versus but like you're, you're not going to be able to achieve any of the like amazing animation styles. Yeah, and that's yeah. I mean, budget. that's the thing like, is like that's just the nature of the beast, dude. And like, look, like, you know that meme that's like uh, you critique society yet you participate in it. Like, how's like, yeah. I'm not trying to yeah. make that argument because that's <laughs> that's obviously ridiculous. But I, I guess what I'm saying is even more so. Like, we mentioned the Grimes needle drop, or we mentioned the fact that Chrissy Teigen and John Legend are are in this movie, like. The movie has to not only, in order to, to say everything it wants to say, it like it needs like the funding to access the rights to all these songs and, and some of these celebrities. It needs the the just the connections, obviously, to make that happen. Like you couldn't just make a small indie film that is able to, you know, make a meta critique of Chrissy Teigen and John Legend or something. You know what I mean? Like that, these things can't happen. <laughs> you can't. Ha- you can't. Re- probably can't reference Journey or talk about or play the Talking Heads and all these things. So like it, it relies on this corporate culture that it's criticizing, which it's not the movie's fault, but it's it just kind of makes me feel lost almost. Like, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, like I don't hey, know. We, we live in the machine. We live in the bro. machine, um, and it's gonna keep on trucking. Maybe. See, I I would Ooh, rather trucking. prefer maybe American Truck Simulator. Is that <laughs> That's next Did episode. He... No, we'll all be playing. <laughs> I'm saying. Like yeah, I about cars. I'm at least <laughs> glad that like people who have like the resources and like that level of connection are able to at least generate a critique of it because like like I know what you're saying that like it's not so easy for an indie movie or like for us to sit and like make a meaningful critique of John and Legend that a lot of people will consume uh, or john and legend john legend john, and Chrissy like, wait, wait, they, <laughs> um, i am legend v2 is actually john is legend. <laughs> i swear if you make like one slip up on this podcast it's immediately three people jumping in to fill the next one second <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. and then we're derailed for like five minutes i don't know if only you know that Samir, because uh... yeah <laughs> yeah as we know i've never missaid any name yeah. ever so. yeah i think missaid was a was a, a slip Miss up said, right yeah. there Corey, shut the up. fuck missaid <laughs> um but I'm interested in a Mitchell's and Incredibles crossover. No, of not, course you but... are. Yeah, or at least with <laughs> the dads. The dad funny. is like the yeah. same character model. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say much. I would love to talk a little bit more about Rick as the dad because A, I think Danny McBride does a great job <laughs> with the voice acting here. <laughs> um, and B, I thought this was the most honest depiction of a kind of grumpy dad that I had seen maybe American in any, fatherhood. And yeah, in yeah. any animated kids movie ever. Like, he's not like, you know, he's not mean per se. He's not like. He's just like complacent. Odious. I actually thought he's it was just, really profound portrayal. It's, I, I agree. Especially yeah, it's, with it's, like him uh, like just wanting to build just, a log cabin. 
Yeah, it's like, it, you know, it's very similar to like how my dad is. Like, he's just a generally like a kind of a pessimistic guy. And he like, I think it like captures like this kind of like suburban feeling of like not wanting your kids hearts to get like broken when their dreams don't come true, which mm -hmm. is like a very nuanced take that you don't I haven't seen with any especially big budget kids movie like that was uh, I really appreciated. And, and the thus like Katie and Rick's dynamic, I think, is is super interesting throughout because of how they portray Rick. Oh, yeah, and just like the whole concept of the movie. And uh, I will say, like, for it being aimed at, I would say, like, pre-teens, pre like, yeah. Yeah, like Tumblr kids. teens. Like, yeah. Like, fifth, I, sixth graders. I we, think, we yeah. We, we did say, like, the, the first five minutes of the movie was, like, cliche. And I do agree that it is cliche, but for, I do think, like, them being like, I'm, I want to go to college in California because I'm doing all the, I, I want to be a filmmaker. And she's got like the, the rainbow flag pin. Yeah, on we, her we haven't, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. yeah and also she's like, the fact that she is old. I mean, like, cause I agree this, it's obviously still a kid's movie for probably, you know, either preteens or even younger. And yet the protagonist is, is a 18 years old, 18 yeah. year old girl is about to go off to college. Like they're, they're yeah. just, that's already in of itself an attempt at like a, a universal story, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. isn't that the protagonist of Toy Story Three was about to go off to college? Okay, uh, he's not really well, the protagonist. But I mean, Dane brings I, up a good point. This is the first, um, like, openly queer character to be the main character of any major animated studio film ever, um, which and, is and I also key. love. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, no, you know, you go, Dane. I was gonna say I'm glad that it wasn't like they didn't milk it it wasn't yeah, like oh we're just gonna make this character um gay because uh, it's cool clicks PC, PC it's, what it's, it's what the kids yeah. are doing they, it's what they, all the kids are doing these yeah, days right they, yeah. they made it so uh subtle but yet you knew exactly what they were saying from what like obviously the pin being on her shirt and what she says in the beginning and then even towards the end, I forget what the conversation is exactly, but they make About it more apparent. Yeah. yeah, they they make it much more apparent that she is gay, and I I loved how they handled it in the movie. I thought yeah, it was I think there's actually so something well to that decision too, because and that's why I use the word complacent to describe Rick, because I think it, it's kind of true of the entire family, and that's what I find so relatable about it is like. In today's day and age, like it is true that, like at least you know, for you know, hopefully most of us, that you know, like our our daughters being uh, lesbian or or identifying uh, anywhere along the spectrum is kind of just like something that we accept, you know, and, and and move on from. Like we don't necessarily give it that extra attention. And I think the it's, the movie's really respectable and natural in that way. But the the net effect of that sometimes can be again that complacency or that feeling that. Like you don't necessarily, she doesn't necessarily feel supported because he's not taking like particular interest or expressing particular enthusiasm mm -hmm. for her, and that's kind of what happens when our lives are kind of divided among screens, or where we're just kind of getting feeling that like that more of that generational divide that he seems to feel with his daughter, and that's what I find really relatable. I mean, having been stuck with my family for the past year, you know, like it is true that like sometimes you're talking to dinner table and like you know people don't really listen to each other quite as much or everyone's just a little more distant and that's really what, what's kind of happening and i really feel like um again that's why i do find this to be like a pretty nuanced relationship i agree sam it's getting at something kind of unique Agreed. <coughs> well i actually was thinking you know because we were let's be honest we've talked about 30 minutes uh or 33 minutes straight and we've been pretty much nothing but positive <coughs> i have a negative to bring up which I do is, have a gripe with this as well, but yeah, yeah well, let's get let's get into our gripes. And <laughs> I will say my one gripe is I think the little brother character is really the worst character. In oh, the, you stole mine. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I th I think he is the most stereotypical. I don't think his running gag of being scared to talk to the girl makes any real sense. Um, and I didn't find it particularly all that funny. Save the one joke he did with the yellow pages calling the people to talk about dinosaurs that was, 
That was a very funny yeah. little. That was a very I, I did like the whole thing at the beginning. Obsessed with dinosaurs thing. I thought it was cute. Yeah, yeah, especially oh, it, when. Yeah, it is, and I wouldn't say he's like a particularly like shit like character. It's really. I think it's every, just the voice acting. It's actually Mike Rianna yeah. himself. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, it's too low. It's too low pitched. It doesn't really make sense with him. Yeah, I thought yeah, the voice acting was really bad, especially considering it is a cast of fairly big stars around him. You kind of yeah. want the, to round out the family with somewhat of a name the, or someone. Should have just gotten Kev, got the Kevin Hart pack. What is he like a bunny in Secret Life of Pets? That would yeah. that would make this the most like interesting movie of all time. <laughs> the kid Kevin. There be so, so much to unpack with narrative <laughs> and cast, like the dichotomy between the two. <laughs> My, um, I don't that, know why I was thinking well, yeah, Adam Divine. That would, would be someone they would. Cast oh, that would be fun. Life. That would be good. That would be good. one of my because friends he and Danny McBride like, have that going on already. Shout out, one Rikers of my friends. Sorry, I just keep like... talking every single <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's fine, Corey. It's I mean, you're talking about the right stuff. You're talking about Danny McBride and the right stuff. Exactly. That's better than anything I. Have oh, to thanks say. for listening. Honestly, I didn't hear what you said yet, so I want to I want to hear what you. Got <laughs> well, going on. no, I was just saying, <laughs> one of, like one of my friends is like. He's like he never grew out of his dinosaur phase, and he we 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 all call oh, him shit. Dino Man. Um, but it's like <laughs> it's like professional because he actually just texted me today that he got into like this paleontology program for oh, like PhD. Yeah, so that's like pursuing this. Yeah, good and for it, unnamed it, friend. Yeah, so it's at. Uh, can we bring John, him on the show? Yeah, well, I recommended this podcast to we him. Can watch Jurassic John Park. Vasquez. Yeah, can we watch? Can we do Vasquez, like a dinosaur episode? Yeah, well, he. So I don't know if he's um. If only there was Montana a big State budget, like dinosaur themed movie exactly. that revolves around, like, he, you know, he, maybe a resort or like some people. sap or something he, like that. He, he, he that has some really hot cool. relating to like the he Jurassic has some hot takes about movie. Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, he. I've talked to him at length about the Jurassic Park movies. <laughs> like, he. he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corey and I um, were but, trying to cultivate this horrible joke, and then yeah. Samir was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I'm just gonna park. Yeah, we get it." <laughs> um, well, uh, I forgot. What it, okay, so I I texted him immediately after I watched it. I was like, "You're literally in this movie. Like, you need to watch this movie." I don't know if he's seen it yet. He's probably looking at dinosaur bones right now. But um, what a life! No, I mean, seriously, what that a life. But dope. hey, you know, Samir, yeah, paleontology as a career. Yeah, and he like wants to do like like stuff with indigenous rights and like ethnopaleontology too he's Ooh, the coolest so person cool. you'll ever meet he's yeah, so bro. pretty cool he's actually again? in your he, he's in your class so his name is john Vas- vasquez and uh he Did go to Pitt? Gra- yeah he graduated with you guys at Pitt. Huh. yeah, oh, yeah really? I, don't, I don't think i've ever yeah, met yeah. Him. what was his undergrad yeah. like anthropology or something uh he was so he wanted to dinosaur go through the anthropology department, but you can only do it through the bio department here. So he was a bio major and an anthro major. So, oh. damn, yeah. sweaty pants. I bet hey, him in Yeah. Hey Smear, there's two hundred and ten bodies, but I want to put two hundred in a wait. I <laughs> fucked it up. God damn um, it. There aren't well, any other care. dinosaur movies though. It's like, the one where you're supposed dinosaur. to put the bone in someone. You guys, are, you guys remember that movie, Dinosaur? Uh, yeah. No. Wait. Oh, the, like, the, the 3D one. We are, yeah. The are you talking about one? the good dinosaur? Oh, okay. The Land Before Car. Time. No, no. There was another one that was not the good dinosaur smear. There was just like oh. a strip called Dinosaur, and I didn't watch oh. it because I didn't think there was a plot. Was dinosaurs there? like the the TV show? No. Oh, no, that no. like the sitcom. That's a that's yeah. a great uh, with the little baby. That, that's the fact that I ever I used to watch Dino Train. Little... Yeah, there used the to Land be Before a dinosaur revival. Yeah. Well, like, so his whole thing is this. So he's like, he has some hot takes on Jurassic Park just because he's like, um, are you going to steal we... all his thunder before we put him on the show? All right. We'll put him on the show, but I just want to give this nugget where it's like everything we also, know I about say, like, the way as dinosaurs much as I love your friend John, in hindsight, I find it funny that, that, like, that we waited so long for you to get this word in and it ended up not even being about <laughs> machines at all. Okay, <laughs> no. wait, wait. I, I just remembered my Mitchells versus Machines connection. Um, okay, okay. But but real quick, uh, di- the <laughs> dinosaurs don't sense. look anything like what we think they do. And his thing is there needs to be a movie where dinosaurs and they make a reference to it, Mitchell versus Machines. Where they have feathers. Like it would have been more accurate if it. They, yeah, you're right. If it had feathers. Yeah. Um, but that was not my connection. My connection was. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna gripes. lie. That line kind of caught me off guard because I was like, "Is that true?" And then, yeah, yeah, that is true. true. I actually looked it it's up true. later. I forgot, yeah. 
We should so, uh like, we should title this podcast um the gang interrupts Samir. <laughs> <laughs> That's every podcast. <laughs> so I'm just gonna mute myself. Or um, Samir but... interrupts the flow of conversation. <laughs> or, or, well, Samir, I feel like that's very Samir apt says for a this non sequitur because it's so. It, it just goes. That's true. Like, if any movie deserves like to be constantly interrupted with random asides, which is this mission. And now they're scattered. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Well, we were talking about three Greg people are just all talking at the same time. <laughs> this is our most ADHD podcast. <laughs> it's very fitting. It's so I, fitting. I think it, it's that's so how fitting. it should be. It's just so a bunch fitting. of word vomit. <laughs> um, wait, <laughs> gripe, gripe, gripe. I have one minor gripe with this movie, but it's a personal gripe, so it's, I can't really even fault the movie for it. Um, I it's like an Australian least, guy like, saying grapes. Grapes. <laughs> gripes. Um, so <laughs> I. <laughs> God. Oh this, God, this is gonna be an interesting podcast to both listen and edit to. <laughs> I'm editing nothing. It's just editing editing nothing. I don't think I don't think there's a single thing that, that we said tonight that should needs be cut. To be I think this is all, nope. yeah. all needs to be all right in. Will Gamble's listening to this right now. He's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> That's debatable. I feel like this is John Vasquez, who we just leaked his entire life story. <laughs> leaked his podcast. entire life story. Yeah, I, I feel bad for like. If you take out, release the Vasquez cut. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Vasquez cut. The public needs to know. Um, but my minor gripe with this movie was that uh, I feel I like can't I, it. Wait, I, have I can't stop. unhear I have to stop. it either. I, have to stop. I can't. I'm I just sorry, want to say. I want to say. Samir. I'll, I'll Samir said. Samir said. Uh, at the thirty-fourth minute, Samir said, "Okay, gripe about the movie. We are at the forty-first. We have got seven minutes. Should I just not say gripe?" <laughs> I'm just never gonna get to say my gripe. Um, oh. My grape. <laughs> uh, no, I forgot it. Oh my god, I forgot it. I, I fucking forgot it. Oh my god. Okay, wait, wait. It, it, it just came back to me. When you hear it, you'll be like, "Wow, this was a ten minute." Yeah, bring us back. Bring us back, please. Um, okay, okay. So, I was so infinitely like more not infinitely but i was so much more interested in like the moments where they were talking about like katie and like Dane. <laughs> i'm sorry i was looking at cory covering up his face laughing i don't know what's going on um when they were Man. talking about katie and like just the family dynamics yeah like the family dynamics and i kind of wish that we got more mitchell and less machine and i say that only because I say that only because, like, at certain points, it was, like, these awesome action, like, these big action sequences. It was, like, all these really super cool special effects. And for me, like, at a certain point, I was like, wow, I wish this was trimmed just a little bit. So I got a little bit more development about the Sun character or something like that. Like, in one of those areas that I think with the family could have been developed more. Like, for, like, a 15-minute fight sequence or something like that, I was like, huh. I kind of wish they like cut this down so I got more of those like family trip moments. Um, that was my only kind of, but that I guess like some people really enjoy that. If I was a kid watching it, like I would see how like I might enjoy like the fight sequences and the bright colorful sequences more than like the family jokes and stuff like that. But personal, that's gripe. a pretty good balance. <laughs> that was actually a really that was actually a good gripe. I'm glad that we finally yeah. got that out in the ether. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the mom But still please son, no editing. There could be no yeah, editing. No no, no, no editing. No, no editing whatsoever. I'm not touching this episode <laughs> at all. There's what's it called? I think 
I think the mom and the, the son are a little underwritten. As I would have liked to know more about... I agree the mom like, is very underwritten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the mom could have been added an interesting dynamic with, like, you know, with, because with Rick and Katie not really, you know, being kind of at each other's throats throughout mm -hmm. the movie... Like to have the mom mediating could have been interesting. Like, does well, she? She kind of has a subplot about like loving her son so much. I don't know. Like, I don't really understand that either. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and like, also, she's like, yeah. she's protects it. I don't know. I don't really. I really don't know what they were going for with that. There one. was also the subplot with her and her being obsessed with like the other families on Instagram. Yeah, and yeah. bringing it back to an anime moment. Okay, like anything with the mom aside, the part when she like goes ham. Was Super so cool. funny, so yeah, funny, so very cool. anime. It was. I, I enjoyed that moment, but I, I do agree that <clears throat> the major. I mean, I would say like eighty five percent of the focus is on um, the dad and Katie. That I'm moment, just can't get. I just can't Christ. get over that. It took eight <laughs> minutes. I will never say the word grape. That, that's actually the hardest. I I have not had a life. laughing attack like that in so long. Oh I, I got to the point where I was just laughing at Corey laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, same, and like, right when I thought I was getting over it, I would look at the screen and I would see you guys trying to hold it together, and then I couldn't hold it together. <laughs> Holy shit, that was so I funny. can't believe that was, like, definitely um, a top-tier moment of this that was Yeah, that actually, hilarious. in our yeah. lore, might be the best moment of our podcast. So um, I, I would agree. So that was I so still funny. think we owe it to the Mitchells versus the Machines. It was there was no better episode, no better movie. Honestly, no. For an episode to just devolve into that, <laughs> to take twelve minutes to say <laughs> to say one word to get past one word. Uh, <laughs> it was saying that gripe sounded like an Australian. <laughs> and then, well, it was like in my head, I was like, "Does it?" And I was like, "Gripe." I was like, "Oh." Uh, See, I was uh, saying it, and I couldn't unhear it after that point. I don't know so I why like, I. Like I don't know what like it's a it is a it's a common word that was very applicable in that moment. So I don't know what about you saying it made me think. Actually, it sounds a little bit more like Australian grapes. Holy um, shit! Um, uh, another positive I'll say is I thought the score of this movie was so dope. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it, like really techno good. sort of thing. Going it was on. yeah, it was very much like uh, not as in your face as like uncut gems, but very much had like that those like high synth notes in there that just i i loved i listened to a little bit of the soundtrack um yesterday actually it's pretty dope pretty dope yeah it Good goes shit. really well with the editing and how just fast this movie uh, yeah. runs at like this is a breakneck speed literally from start to finish like i think the runtime is an hour and 23 minutes or something like that and there's um, seriously i, 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 I might long correct long you i think it's, it's like two hours under two hours is that yeah. actually? Wow. Yeah. Like 113 or something. I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was you like 100. Right. Yeah. yeah. It flies by, right. though. Doesn't fly by. Like, holy shit. It, yeah, it really it, no, by. it was an absolute joyride, this whole movie. Wait, I, I, would, I would be remiss if we don't talk about the Furby sequence. I thought oh that my God. was so The hardest funny. laugh by far. Yeah, Never I mean, did I that... think Furbies would make a comeback, but the way. <laughs> Like when the gigantic Furby gets revealed, and they're like, "Why did they make something yeah. that big?" But that's where I actually, I, you know, so I'm, I'm not overly familiar with Gravity Falls, but I do almost see like the Simpsons sense of humor there. It, that yeah, scene, just it in was how like absurd uh, it is. I, Sam, I it's think very. You, you kind of compared it to the the Big Mouth joke uh, of the dog who like oh like, yeah that could like so, faces yeah, his own like existential crisis all the time. Yeah, uh, I think that's one of the funniest jokes in all of like comedy writing ever is uh like animals or like fictional creatures like making random noises that somehow mean something that is all yeah. yeah. funny. <laughs> it, it was like a treehouse of horrors like from the simpsons like yeah. even the yeah. way with everything was shot but like something there was something slightly creepy about seeing a ginormous backlit furby and then it just going <laughs> yeah. was was so funny and the kid then the son's like what are they saying? And they're just like, Wait, and then destroy it, everyone, and th kill everyone. Well, the, the direct quote was, behold, the twilight of man. <laughs> Dude, I would know. It was, it, that's so fucking funny. It's like, what that's... Dark Souls game am I playing right now? Yeah, like, like how the fuck, like, thought... what was the writer's room like when they were like, what do we have to say? And they're like, behold, the twilight of man. <laughs> like, just make these Furbies, like, like, cultish. So fucking dramatic. Oh. But again, again, that's where I, I see the comparison the... to the Big Mouth bit. Like yeah. 
every scene with the two robots was hilarious. They yeah, were they're, funny. They're so also great. <laughs> I I loved how like their um their body motions were so expressive too. Like they would turn and they'd be like, "Oh, I just can't right now." Like, oh, and they'd be, like <laughs> yeah. and they'd like clap their hands and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't even go there. I also I, th- I thought the very like the very fact that those characters were even a part of the story was was really smart, and that's where I I did feel like a kind of pixar influence like that's a very pixar yeah. kind of character mm-hmm. if that makes sense like the the it's like the two characters from toy story 4 the key and peel yeah type. yeah it's like it's like the yeah. like the unlikely ally you know like that's yeah. kind of like a big pixar trope and i feel like their inclusion there was was just really smart from a narrative standpoint and it ended up being one yeah one of the funniest parts of the entire film yeah, I, I feel like Dude. my hardest laugh came from Danny McBride's one line. Of course, it was a Danny McBride line. Of course, he was it looking was Danny at, McBride. It, 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 it was like when they get pulled over by the police, and he looks at them, and he's like, wait, what are you writing down? I don't know why I thought that. you remember that? Yeah. Like, so yeah, they get funny. pulled over, he's like, wait, what are you writing down? Yeah. That was so Dude, the voice acting in this is very good, you know? Like, so good. Yeah. Actually, I, I find that... Um, I remember thinking this after watching... Sausage Party, which you know isn't like some masterpiece of an animated film, but I I, <laughs> I I did think specifically had pretty good voice acting, and I, I I feel like vulgar actors are just better at voice acting, and I don't really know why. Yeah. But like they have so much gusto in their because voice. yeah they, they they put so much into it. Like whenever like Seth Rogen is screaming cock or something like that, he's he's adding so much yeah. into yeah. that word. Well, they also know how to like, sell it, a joke too. Like it's yeah, like they, they know, know they, really, they really know how to sell the notes a joke. to hit. Yeah, I think that's what it is yeah. when you speak in vulgarities and you're always like like in comedies that are just about like you know dirty jokes all the time you really your delivery really has to sell it otherwise it sounds really cheap and stunted yeah and so mm-hmm. i feel like they're they know because this movie is obviously a totally clean movie and yet danny mcbride's sensibility somehow does feel like it's present you know? it's like the jason manzoukas like, oh yeah bro, it, like, oh yeah sam did you literally girl. just gag- giggle <laughs> Yeah. Google. Google. Did you just Google? This is the this is the future that liberals want. <laughs> did you just did you Google who it was? Because I was just about to look it up because I've been watching Invincible and he also plays a character in that show. And yeah, his voice does. acting is so good. He's so Stephen Yoon. Speaking of Invincible, yeah, I, I just finished Invincible. Voice actor. I just finished. Invincible. I'm, I'm almost done with it. I'm about to. Finish okay, it. I'll start it. I'll start Let me know what you think it. of the. No, it's, it's really pretty good. good. I, I like it. Yeah, um, I thought the first few episodes were solid. Eh, drug a little bit in the middle, yeah, the middle and I'm, I think I have two a little episodes bit, like, left. Adventure of the weekish, but like yeah, and the fa- last couple of episodes where the story tightens up, it's really good. Yeah, I well like for the voice acting for this movie, um, there was this part where Eric Andre's character, um, hey, he's another starts screaming, and then I just could not help but think of the Eric Andre show because he's always him, screaming like, in that. Let me yeah. in, like the let he's me like, in ah! type. Yeah. <laughs> always <laughs> it would have been funny if they did the howler monkey joke but it was just eric andre's character getting railed by him getting face fucked from bad yeah. trip <laughs> and again i thought olivia coleman being in this movie was such a clever decision as uh the evil ai a because we often associate that voice with like a british woman yeah and, and so i thought you, know, you had to pick a like a, a british actress and yet she has this image as like you know, kind of like the sweetest woman in in Hollywood. I feel like, like you just see her at yeah. these award shows, and she just seems so like, like cute and innocent, and she Pleasant. pretty much always plays like, with the exception of the father, I guess, where she's kind of like an, a crazy, uh, you know, outlandish character. Like, she always plays. Julia things. Fox is the sweetest Bro. woman in Hollywood. <clears throat> Blake Griffin was <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Oh wait, I have to actually say the sweetest woman in Hollywood is Polly Draper, the mom. <laughs> from the oh, that's a, that was a good segue. Yeah, uh, she's also my second aunt. Uh, she is fantastic. I was like, for a second, I was like, you're really going to debate me on whether or not this oh, there's an actress sweeter than Olivia Coleman. But for the purposes of, of this, I would agree. Polly Draper is the sweetest woman in Hollywood. She is fantastic. <laughs> and that also brings up another fantastic movie that came out in 2021. Uh, we were very close to talking about it on the episode today. But Dane, unfortunately, always ruins our plans and did not watch it. <laughs> Bro, and what? that is... You no, told me not to. No, 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 no. That's that's a joke. But Shiva Baby is also very good. You guys should definitely Shiva check out Baby the... is Oh Shiva. Shiva. Oh, okay. I say as the goy of the group. Uh, well, not the. <laughs> what kind of madman would no, Shiva I, Baby? No, I, I, I would just say as the Jew of the group. I think that was a yeah. That's that true. Was a valid assumption on yeah. your part. Yeah. Uh, Did anyone Shiva... else hear my joke or was wait what what, what was it I I said what what kind of madman would Shiva Baby. <laughs> with shiv a baby good one dane 
<laughs> Let's have another laugh attack for ten minutes. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna go slit my throat. Yeah, that was more. That was more of a solid shuffle, I think. A solid shuffle. Yeah, maybe if you had taken ten minutes to say that joke, like. Well, I think if you guys gone... just would have heard me the first time, then. <laughs> oh wow! He's finished his handle. He's finished his handle. I did. <laughs> finished. Yes, yeah, that's what you wall. need. Otherwise, we uh. Yeah. You, you would, Everyone you on here just assumes Samir is hammered all the time with as much as he flubs some words. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Dane's just yeah. taking shots at Samir. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Samir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we always said Dane is Dane is the negative one of the bunch. So yeah. that are we doing another Dane's would... the villain episode? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's. Uh... <laughs> This yeah, is just gonna be called gripes, gripes, and more gripes. That's the that's the working title <laughs> of the thing. Well, guys, I think is there anything else we really want to say about Mitchell and Machine? Anything you're dying to get out? Like, okay, I, I do have one thing. Okay, it's the it's golden question. It's a golden question. It's I think it's the golden question to end on for the our discussion for this movie, and I think that question is. Do you think people will remember this movie in a couple years down the road? Yeah, I was thinking. I, I, I was thinking. I was thinking about this, Samir, especially like leading up to it today. Like, I loved it, um, and I think it's. I think it's unfortunately just releasing at a poor time. Um, I don't think this is going to get the like respect that Into the Spider Verse got or anything like that. I think this will have a very cult following, much as Gravity Falls has a huge cult following. Um, but I'm a little unsure if this will have legacy to people that, you know, the average watcher. I think I'll, I will remember this movie. Yeah, you, you opened Sam by saying, you know, it's the movie that's sweeping the nation, which is, you know, I was thinking it's about sweeping letterboxed. Yeah, that's what it, it's, 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 <laughs> exactly like it's it's I think it's really big right now amongst people who are really are looking for something to watch. Yeah. And if you are listening to this, and you're looking for something to watch. I It's probably the best thing out there right now. But I don't think it's because it's not like taking over and really, you know, uh, breaking out as like, you know, this cultural phenomenon the way even something like. You know, it's not it's like it was even like like Queen's Gambit was when everyone was watching it. I don't really think people yeah. are even aware of its existence well, outside of the film world, which is kind of a shame because it deserves that. Yeah. Well, and that that's what sucks. Number is, one on I, Netflix. Right. Yeah, it, it was, is number one. Yeah, on it was number one on Netflix. That's a good point. Uh, that that's what sucks is I feel like again this is a movie that is hurt by not being in a theater, and not even necessarily because I think it you have to watch it on a theater. I mean, I watched it on my home tv and i feel like i had just as good of experience as i would have in the theater but i do think there is something around like oh this movie's being released on this day and it's going to be in the in in theaters on on friday or whatever and having like some sort of hype going going to see a movie especially a family film Exactly. Tell me, tell me if you were in middle school and your boys were like, we're we're going to the theaters and then having a sleepover. Yeah, we do do that every weekend. Yeah, like you, like I would have been so fucking hyped after watching this movie. I would have been like, that was fucking hilarious. Parents will just bring their kids to see a a movie because it's like it's like babysitting. You know, they just yeah, uh, Yeah. you just put them in front of the the movie (laughs) for two hours. So, like the family films and children's films are like the only genre. That pretty much never have to worry of, about box office. I mean, they don't get me wrong. Some will, will perform better than others, but uh, this really would have benefited from a theater experience because it's just a thing to do, you know. Mommy, yeah. what's net neutrality? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't know if you, like this movie was supposed to come out in January, you know, on in theater. Oh yeah, shit! Like it, it only very recently got acquired by Netflix. I think Sony just wanted to kind of cut their losses. They were planning a theatrical release all along, and at the last second sold the distribution rights yep. to Netflix. Um, so it's an understandable business decision, but it, you get the sense that they really wanted a different uh, yeah. release model for it. Yeah, I think, too, like, for, for me, I had watched the trailer for this movie, and I heard amazing things about it. I definitely was excited for it, but I'll be honest, I had no idea that it came out when did it come out last at the end of last week? Yeah, yeah I, I didn't recently. I didn't realize it was last week was the release date until you guys said about watching it, and I was like, oh shit. 
Um, so I definitely think just it being on a streaming service, there's just such a lack of of hype or the feeling of like I have to watch this this weekend, the weekend it comes out. Yeah, it's kind of just started, but it's part of the it's that. Whole, I mean, it's, like, that's what content culture is now. It's like do we just turn out the it def yeah the slop and get a move them on to the next one. Nothing. But this is like, this is not like some this premium is, slop. I was gonna say this, this is, is not slop. No, I agree. It's happy pig. This is, it's, it's, Honestly, it's premium slop that you know deserves a longer shelf life, but it, yeah, know, they don't. And, they're not looking to preserve. And, Anymore. I would argue too. This is probably at least. I that mean, analogy broke down. You guys, <laughs> you guys can prove me wrong, but I can't think of a Netflix original that I truly loved. Marriage Story. Well, since the, well, for a long time, for as much as much content as they're putting out, I yeah. feel like this oh, is yeah, the first oh, movie. I agree. This is the best one in since, a while, and they know since, that. Like they don't Marriage care Story in Roma, that I can actually be like, oh, that's a Netflix original. Um, and I'm, it's amazing. Right. That's why I almost what's what's uh, Netflix almost gets away with because the phrase Netflix original almost has its own kind of cultural cachet now. And it's almost like it's, this isn't a Netflix original in any way it, in terms of production. Exactly. Um, but it doesn't all that matters is the distribution model now because they can kind of slap their name on it. And I, almost, I it, it carries cultural cachet in that you know what that thing is. But I almost feel like that hurts your longevity because. Netflix originals are starting to just kind of move into their own sort of category, at least to a certain extent. There's ones like The Irishman and Marriage Story that will always break out, but an animated film on Netflix, I feel like to most people just feels like something that they'll watch and move on to the next thing. Does that make sense? Speaking of, speaking of animated films and streaming services, did you guys see the trailer for the new Pixar movie that came out this Luca? week? Luca? Luca? Yeah. Did you see yeah, it? It looks, yep. it looks cute. It looks good. Corey and I were debating this when we were walking hand in hand after watching the <laughs> film. Um, was, do we think this is going to be the best animated movie of the year? Um, it's interesting to think about where Luca might stack up against this because this is some tough competition. Um, I, I, in my answer when, when we talk, were talking about that <clears> I, I was pretty emphatic because you know I'm, I like to be an asshole uh, and shit on, on Pixar you know even though I do like it I mean I think this will definitely be better than Luca I honestly can't really imagine a world in which Luca is Me a too. more interesting yeah. dynamic film than this. yeah, yeah Luca I even based off of kind of what I've seen so far it's very inspiring cute, like, ca- cute like, call, call me by, by your name. name and also like the whole idea I, I just feel like there's a lot of animation tropes that are yeah very Wait, apparent. In- I is it gonna completely be agree. Huh? To yeah. me, it all felt like charted territory. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it didn't really feel like they were taking any risks and that's to, my, based on the trailer. Well, and that's kind of my thing, right? Is like, like look, Soul did push the envelope a little bit in terms of animation <laughs> and, and trying to use different animation styles. But at the end of the day, I feel like Disney and specifically Pixar will always play it pretty safe. Like, I don't see them ever pursuing a radical like this is a pretty radical new kind of animation you know in terms of i thought you were gonna say ratatouille we're not gonna make they're not gonna make a new ratatouille i'm really proud of the way sony has just been really good at making animation i agree that's probably one of the best time do you have to go best movie studio stuff to happen in the last recent times yeah, they're killing it. I mean, yeah, Lego Movie, Spider Verse, uh, yeah. those movies kind of took the world by storm when they came out. So, and yeah. it was Good one more, wasn't there? Um, from Sony. Let me. There was, uh, like well, there was a second Lego Movie. If that's what you're talking. About. Yeah, and the Lego Maybe. Batman movie. Lego Batman, yeah. yeah. Um, Hotel Transylvania was uh, Sony. <laughs> that's a big franchise. They've done like eight of those. I feel like. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Sony did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which is. <laughs> hilarious Mid. what oh. I, I would say that the animation studio ranking currently right now is illumination everyone always forgets about blue sky no one remembers blue sky but that's well the they're movie. not they're not a thing anymore who who acquired them um they disney just probably? got bought Pixar. they, they just got bought fucking, i was actually disney i'm gonna and I'm gonna, all they did i was will not be saving uh, audio anim- this podcast i'll be throwing my laptop across the room <laughs> all they did was edit the eyelashes on characters in soul actually that's <laughs> all, all they did they, they they had um i didn't see it but spies in disguise i guess that's their final film oh yeah that looked eh. yeah i mean i don't know yeah, but they did ice age i mean they did good. all the ice age movies so okay oh, fuck that baby 
So it's kind of a mix of both. So Blue Skies was a part of 20th century animation and it was acquired by Disney, but the studio has just been shut down. Okay. Which is kind of annoying because I was actually reading about their animation movie, their their latest one, and it was about like to like it was gonna be the first like full on like gay love story in an animation movie and it got canned. The movie's just which, scrap. Right? Wow. Yeah, it sucks. sucks. Yeah, I thought I always thought they were a pretty good animation studio. I think they did. Yeah, they did. They did one, uh, Rio. Yeah, they did they Rio. Did Rio. I think Epic. If you guys, there's that movie Epic. It's actually a pretty good no. movie. Uh, I think well, boys. lots of tangents here today. Oh, the very yeah. I know. Yeah. I know Open we season. Wrap up, but the last last thing I wanted to say really quick about Mitchell's Mitchell's versus the machines too is that I love the name of this movie. I don't know if you guys saw, but the original name of this movie was just going to be Connected. Which is Ew. so boring, Blech. you know, like, like, no. and I almost it kind of reminds me of the whole when we talk about like logos, the, yeah, logos, yeah, exactly. Oh my god, we're how, on the same wavelength. Damn, yeah. How, how did I know that? that? But it, you too. Don't, don't you totally? If that's such a thing nowadays, where like we like movies that just have to be as boringly named as possible, or like as like uh, and cleverly I, named as possible, without just being fun. Like the Mitchells versus the Machines is like, yeah, that's what this movie is about, and it's kind of long. I, I feel funky, like they're also. Like, I feel like they're also cashing in on the trend of the biggest matchups of the century, like Godzilla versus Kong, Mitchell versus Machine, yeah. versus Corey. Yes. Like, it's it's yeah. the biggest matchup. <laughs> Logan Paul versus Mayweather. I yeah. think everyone has got like, a genuinely Soul. hilarious joke. I think we've good all job, delivered at least one good quality joke. Oh, I had some, I had some belly laughs. Yeah, Dane, some it's, you know, <laughs> quantity over quality, but, you know, some you tears were shed. <laughs> well boys um i think you know fantastic episode guys this has been a really good one everyone pat um, yourselves in the back yeah I think we say that at the end of each episode you, we're like we're good at this <laughs> such a great episode we've gotten to the Gambles point where what other podcast like... do you listen to where they're like we are so good at this <laughs> bye everyone <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe <laughs> It's like oh the end. God. We'll just end it being like, "Wow, we should really put a paywall behind this." Like, <laughs> how are we doing this for free? Wow, like, wasn't that so entertaining? <laughs> oh, we're so smart we're and so funny, guys. <laughs> we'll just start leaving reviews on our own podcast. I really like that Sam guy. He's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, from Sam, uh, I am. I fucked it up. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's right, see if you can get guy. out of this one. Motherfucker. Okay, well, with I'm gonna go me, stomp some gripes. Yeah, with me is the lovely gripe stomper Dane, the lovely gripe bringer Samir, and the lovely gripe laugher uh, Corey. Uh, I am Sam. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>